0: Well, hello there, and welcome to Rock His Pockets. Uh, for the one or two of you that is actually li- listening to this, I've got Derek Lewis on the line. And Derek Lewis is a uh, soldier. soldier, just recently <laughs> retired. <laughs> he laughs at that, but it's true. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, PTSD and whatever else he comes up with. And for that, I'll turn it over to uh, Derek to uh, give you a smile.
1: Derek? Uh, so- yeah, I mean, no, I was not the soldier of the soldier. I was lucky to serve with a bunch of dudes who were. You um, do. I'm, I'm pretty soft, really. But, uh, uh, I mean, I was uh, in 1RCR for eight years. Then I did four years as a special forces operator. Uh, three years as an instructor at St. Jean. Those were horrible, horrible years. Horrible years. Well, we can and get into then, the lives uh, of that later. <laughs> And then the, uh, the, the, my, my last, uh, my last year I finished with, uh, 3RCR in my company.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think I first met you when you were an operator.
1: Yes. No, no. Back in 1RCR. You was it that far back. Tour. Yeah, it was. Fuck. Yep. Getting old. It was a long time back. Yeah. We was still in 1RCR. Because I was but only we, there for
0: a very short time, I might have been there six months.
1: Yeah, it wasn't very long. Yeah, and then, um, and then we bounced into each other a bunch in between exercise. This, you know what I mean? So, yeah.
0: Oh, well, there you go. But yeah, we really
1: we like. You were the, one of the head PAS at the at the unit, so with the regiment. So I ended up having to uh, you know see you every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I think the most times you didn't you didn't see. Well, actually, you were the guy that got me into mindfulness. You were you. Yeah. You were one of the patients that I had that uh, I thought well, mindfulness. What I knew about it at the time, I thought it might help me with uh, with guys with PTSD and helping them give them some tools in their toolbox to deal with
1: uh, stress. Yeah. Yeah. My last, my last little bit. Um, I mean, I didn't fucking know it, right? I mean, of course, I had no idea. But I was I was like blowing apart at the seams, you know what I mean? So uh, yeah, my last year was not stellar. It was, uh, and, I mean, it was all, all I I should have known. I, I mean, subconsciously, I, I I guess I did, which is well, why. Let's I, I let's, had
0: let's asked. interrupt here for a bit because you and I know sure. what we're talking about. But let's uh, lead those that don't know what we're talking about into it. Uh, when, when, when did you join the military?
1: Uh, I joined the military in uh, nineteen ninety nine.
0: And, uh, you, you served where,
1: uh, Afghanistan, two tours, uh, three, times. three times, yeah, three tours. Yeah.
0: That was more than enough.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was good. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, on my second one, I think to the best of anyone's knowledge that no, I've never, no one's been ever be able to refute this claim to me. So uh, but i'm I'm the only person who was critically wounded, repatriated to Canada, and then went back on the same tour yeah, so what, two was enough or what, three was
0: enough three was more than enough, especially what you you did you were you received the uh, Meritorious service medal didn't you not
1: i I received the meritorious service medal yes what you didn't
0: mention and uh of course you wouldn't mention it, so I got it here. Uh, your citation <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> your your uh, citation.
0: Because you're fucking too humble. It reads, On September 3rd, 2006, Corporal Lewis' Lewis company was advancing across the Argandab River in Afghanistan when it came under enemy fire from a defended position. They quickly incurred several casualties. While the fight continued around him and despite being wounded, he assisted with the assessment, treatment, and evacuation of the other casualties until his own injuries forced him to stop. And your own injuries were... uh, Pretty serious, demonstrating exemplary, <laughs> demonstrating exemplary perseverance and devotion to duty. Corporal Lewis continued in spite of his injuries and helped save the lives of his fellow soldiers. So that's kind of an important piece to leave out there. I wouldn't want it to be left out. So <laughs> right, was that your that would, would have been your second tour?
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: So your first tour was pretty
1: uneventful. Oh well, it wasn't uneventful, but it wasn't like our second tour. It was uh, it was up north in Kabul. Yeah. And uh it was uh it was by the end of that one was when we started realizing this wasn't gonna be Bosnia. Yeah. And and by Bosnia I don't mean like early Bosnia. I mean like everyone had sort of settled into this, like even Kosovo. You know, everyone had sort of settled into this little idea that you know, show up and shake some hands, give out some blankets, some water, and everybody's gonna be okay.
0: Yeah, the Dayton and Accords then, had been signed. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then uh and then uh, you know uh, the the suicide bomber jumped on the ultis with Jamie. Right. And and that that pretty much I think that was the bubble kind of burst. And then of course um, when the Liberals hithered and dithered and couldn't decide where we were going to go in the next campaign, and we got stuck down south in Kandahar, and that first you know Patricia battle group went through, and people realized oh shit this is war. <laughs> Like real war.
0: And and most of us are all pretty excited about it because that's what we signed up for.
1: Well, yeah, of course. I mean, that is exactly what we signed up for. I mean, it's like a football player that only ever gets to practice. Yeah. You know, you never, ever get to... You don't go to the big game. Never get to play the big game. No matter what, you're never going to play the big game. Well, or so the theory goes.
0: You're you're how old?
1: Uh, Right now I'm 42. Yeah, 42. <laughs> so,
0: well, I got a couple of years on you, but uh, I, I knew joined, when I joined up, being a, being older, one of the older guys who joined up. I was 25 when I enlisted, and uh, people asked people that were close to me, family and whatnot, said you could get killed doing what you're doing, and uh, I I'd given it thought. Unlike many guys who were you know 18 years old coming in, oh they're, gosh, they're invincible. Don't think yeah. about that shit. And strangely enough, the military doesn't point that out to you.
1: Uh, no, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> it does. It does point a lot of stuff out to you. But the fact that you might die—not very often—and I found that I found that when it does, when the army does try to to explain that you might die, they do it in such a like grotesque manner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like. And you might be exploded into a million bits, covering your best friends in your blood. But that doesn't matter. You're like, what? What? What are you talking about? Back
0: it up to the red mist part,
1: <laughs> right? You know, can we go back to the yeah? Why am I in pieces? I don't understand. <laughs> what? So, uh,
0: what were the injuries you incurred?
1: Um, I had uh, most well my left tricep. Tricep was. Uh, mostly removed Yeah, and I had the uh, hamstrings on my left leg uh, severed and I still have um, shrapnel embedded in the back of my left knee.
0: So, so much for MRIs and things like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, those are, they, it's not too bad, but uh, it depends on, on how I go in. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So no, uh, I,
1: saw shrapnel, I saw shrapnel floating around somewhere in my bicep as well. No so head injury though.
0: Uh, oh, I want to say, so
1: like, yeah. So I want to say no, but at the same time, no one was looking for TBIs back then. Right. And I did have a, a, an eighty-one millimeter anti-tank gun explode next to my head. Yeah. So <laughs> was I diagnosed with a TBI? No. Did anyone ever look for a TBI? No. Should there maybe have? Mm. Probably. I, Probably.
0: I, I've seen you both at your if not worst, certainly at uh, a high point in your bitterness. Um, but mm-hmm. I mainly remember you as a guy who was pretty, uh, not gung-ho, but you you tried to put a positive spin on things. And you had, like the rest, most soldiers had a kind of a dark sense of humour. And you, you seemed to have relied on your humour quite a bit. Would you say that's accurate?
1: What do you mean? Sorry. Would you say you're
0: the kind of guy that uh, relied on uh, dark humor oh, quite a bit yeah, to get yeah, through? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You gotta make you gotta make jokes, man. If you don't, if you don't, if people aren't laughing, they're crying. So <laughs> you know
0: what I mean? that's, that's a fact,
1: right? Like, so I mean, if you don't make, and, and honestly, if you're if you're not willing to make self-deprecating jokes and cut yourself down to the bone, then don't be making jokes about other people. Exactly. You know. But as long as you as long as you can sparse it in with just enough of hey I'm a piece of shit too, well, that was all right. Yeah,
0: well we work with some outstanding pieces of shit over the years. Um, I'm sure we could both talk about that. Yeah, I it. got
1: lucky. Uh, man, I I look back on my career, dude, um, and the people I worked under. Uh, who or who who uh, I learned from or who had trained me, depending on you know what situation. Some of those guys ended up being like literal legends in, in in the battalions or or in the Canadian forces wide, really. Yeah, and I somehow I was lucky to be standing there when when shit was happening for for them or under them or you know I got to learn from them, so it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. There was some outstanding uh, people, and and in the early part of my career, like I spent a the first less than three years at the field Amp proper, and then went over to the airborne regiment, and mm-hmm. what, after disbandment badman did of course became three RCR eventually, and yep. the guys that came from the airborne regiment to three RCR, uh, won't name any names, but they were some outstanding individuals. Like uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah,
0: they were as you say legends within within the battalion, um, who who went on to some great things. Uh, say even uh, JTF, they, yeah, they were yeah, rising stars, hard. you know, guys, I know guys from the Hill, not so many from Seesaw, but the guys from the Hill who have multiple uh, uh, stars of Valor. Uh, um, yeah. Oh no, yeah, yeah, for sure. Some, some guys with some brains <laughs> like, and some big balls.
1: Yeah. You bigger than mine, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, Look,
0: I've examined you medically. I can't comment on that.
1: Oh, they're tiny. That's fine. It <laughs> goes with my yeah. small ego. You've, got, you've come to, to you agree
0: think. with that, have you? Or come to? You, uh... But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're yeah. not here to bust each other's balls. By, uh... no. Well, maybe we are. So, maybe. your bio. How long did you uh, spend in the military? Uh,
1: eighteen something months before they. Eighteen years and something months before they. Uh, they told me they no longer required my services.
0: Jesus, they, would, they wouldn't keep you around for the extra two, eh?
1: No, they wouldn't. Uh, even even though I was um, in Sydney, there was a uh, I had been posted to the JPSU at Sydney. That uh, thanks to the uh, the medical system and three uh, RCR, yeah. um, they posted me instead of to my nearest JPSU. They they had helped to get me to the JPSU in Sydney. Um, <clears throat> but there was a position uh, with the Sydney. Uh, the Highland Cape Breton Highlanders that was unfilled at mass corporal position, right. and um, while I was at the JPSU, things were going better. I was away from the strenuous life. I didn't have the responsibility of what I would imagine were people's lives anyway. So I uh, I asked to retain, and the career manager at the time, um, third major now RSM now Zalek, said yes, he would retain me. the The regiment would retain me. The infantry would retain me, and the medical system said. You're not worth the millions of dollars we've trained you for, fuck. and kick me out. <sighs> yeah, I, no I know cost that. move. No cost move. It co- would have cost nobody anything, other than to just sit me in Cape Breton Highlanders and let me get my twenty. Yeah. No. Go fuck yourself.
0: Well, let's, ba- let's back. Let's
1: post- back it up. So they posted a dude in.
0: <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's back it up. We'll get back on that again. Uh, mm-hmm. We're back up to when you were first injured and evacuated out. D- did you get good um, good treatment from a uh, physical <laughs> point, and how about a mental uh, well-being?
1: Um, physically, uh, man. I, I okay. So, uh, Landstuhl, fantastic. Yeah, awesome place. If it wasn't for uh, for the surgeons in Landstuhl. And uh, I mean, this is good. This is going to sound morbid, but and thanks to the years of experience uh, they had acquired by 2006 from fighting in both Afghanistan and Iraq, um, it's only because of them that I even kept my left arm. Yeah. Initially, when I went into surgery in Kandahar, the, uh, because the damage looked so extensive, they thought they were going to have to amputate at the shoulder, but uh, the fun. bone was still intact. So they decided to pack it keep it and see if the surgeons in Landstuhl could, could keep the arm and uh, they could yeah they, they've they done a fantastic job they've pretty much worked on the timeline they gave me which is about 20 years before I'll start losing most use of it again yeah. but you know it's 20 good years
0: <laughs> yeah I remember you got a cool scar out of the whole thing
1: yeah yeah a little bit
0: that that is one thing about war. It advances medicine by leaps and bounds. Um, oh
1: my God! Yes. So. Yeah. Both trauma. I, well, mostly trauma medicine. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't take a better testing ground for any new technique in trauma than an actual battleground, and, and shit will travel fast.
0: Yeah, and new new innovations. Like they say, well, we'll, we'll try it out. What have we got to lose? Kind of thing, right?
1: Yeah, um, like like cat tourniquets and the Israeli bandages and, yeah. and combat gauze, like that stuff is really like super smart. Like how fast we went from you know actual uh, um, quick cloth. yeah, right, where you pour this powder that could get in your eyes, and
0: it was you know, hard and to sure remove surgically. Burn
1: dudes die, you <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah. To the to the infused gauze, that I mean, that happened in like
0: a blink of an eye.
1: Years, like blink of an eye, boom done yeah. tested combat effective go
0: well even wow, tourniquets you'll remember in the early part of well my training as well oh yeah um, no tourniquets are last last ditch use and then suddenly yeah, fucking everybody gets a every tourniquet every
1: time you put it yeah every time every time you put a tourniquet on e- they're going to have to amputate everything beneath it yeah uh, really has it been 9 straight hours before necrotic flesh yeah no, i think we got
0: longer no. than and that.
1: Huh? not i haven't in that time released some pressure to get some blood f- no i'm a complete idiot yes okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah that that has has gone so you got looked after fairly well initially uh medically but was yep. any anything uh for your mental health looked at uh, Was it even discussed bedside no, not thing?
1: really do you know what I'll, I'll be honest i'm like no no one really checked in i mean at the time though i was so like laser beam focused on I was going to go back on tour. Yeah. I was returning to my company that uh, I don't think that any sort of mental check would have done anything. Then you're just super focused on a goal, Yeah, which I guess it, which at the time, I mean, was, and looked, I mean, looked healthy, looked good. Right. So yeah. well, I, 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 they didn't really check. <laughs> I do remember though, that I remember being frustrated with the medical system uh, because I felt like it was too designed to, like, allow people to not go back. Does that make sense? Uh, like, I, mean? I didn't under—I didn't understand why I had to fight so hard to go back on tour. <laughs>
0: when, when our, when our, well, if you read all the Latin under our um, flags and badges, it's we're there to. Uh, get the soldier back into the fight as quickly as possible.
1: Well, yeah, and that's what I thought the medical system was supposed to do. Right. But, but when I got back to Canada, it wasn't doing that at all. Like the biggest, I, I mean, I remember, you know, being told, you know, you don't have to go back. You could just stay, everything will be fine. Like, no, my job is this, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I remember fighting, having to, to go back, like fighting the system. And I remember being weirded out by that.
0: Yeah, I, uh, on, a, on a much lighter uh, scale, because our job is, as medics where, or medical types, conserve manpower and get them back into the fight. And you get so many uh, touchy-feely types who think, "Why well, this guy doesn't want to be going back in there. Why are we sending him? And uh, that, that that attitude first struck me. Now, as you're speaking, i done the uh, Iron Man or Iron Warriors, it's called now and getting out of the uh getting out of the canoe i was seized up and i was i was in some discomfort i won't call it pain <laughs> talking to you i definitely won't call it pain but i no 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 that hurts <laughs> <laughs> the, the lactic acid had built up and it was a son of a bitch and i had these yeah, two young I, medics going
1: trying to get that shit moving is Fucking, yeah uh, it's so hard and I got yeah, I no, had yeah. these
0: two young medics going well you can't go on you're you're hurting too bad I'm like fuck off <laughs> I'm going just leave me the fuck alone
1: <laughs> no one asked your opinion yeah. and if I did I'll fucking give it to you <laughs> your opinion is this
0: yeah so I mean, I mean I, under, I, shut I, the fuck up. I can understand that I, I don't understand it but it comes from the compassion I think you know a lot of a lot of people get into the medical trade. I've been accused of having no compassion, which is a bunch of bullshit. But
1: uh, Oh, you're the, you're one of the best docs. It's just you don't you don't you don't deal with bullshit. It's I don't think you don't have compassion. It's just that you don't deal with bullshit.
0: Yeah. And, don't
1: come to me with a snivelly nose. That's not my fucking problem. Right?
0: <laughs> well, right? That's how I looked at it.
1: Here's some over-the-counter drugs that you could just literally have asked me for instead of this fucking hour-long appointment where you're trying to get out of work. Like, fuck off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, I would say that was accurate about me. But I, I think it comes from the from the compassion of most of the medical types going, this guy just came from a hellish place. Why would he want to go back? And uh, that yeah. doesn't always... Uh, they don't understand that fighting spirit. Yeah. Which is... Which is unfortunate. So sorry to interrupt you yeah. on
1: that. No, 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 you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so I managed to, uh, I managed to go back, though. So it was fine.
0: And that I was the only
1: one to, I was the only one to do it. I was, uh, let's see, what was my timeline? I was wounded on the 3rd. I was home in Canada by the 10th. And I was back in Kandahar by the 6th of December.
0: Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. That was a quick turnaround. Yeah,
1: I used um, I used an experimental thing. Um, uh, they, they used it was it was experimental for what they were using it for, but it wasn't. A, it's not an experimental uh, machine. It's called the vac machine. Yep. The um, yep. So generally, it was used, you know, on uh, stomach ulcers for larger patients and stuff. But they had uh, They had thought it might be useful in uh, healing uh, tissue damage rapidly from trauma and they were right.
0: Yeah, it, some again some good studies came out and said, yeah, this works.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and I was I was the first to volunteer. <laughs>
0: so. Never volunteer for anything.
1: Well, it was either that or maybe not go back. So I yeah. was like, fuck it. I'll it was very uncomfortable. Super uncomfortable. I don't know if anyone knows what it's like to have a vacuum cleaner on their on their open wound before, but it's it's really <laughs> It definitely it, can keep you up a little bit at night,
0: yeah. It's not something kinky you're going to develop an affinity for.
1: No, no, you're definitely, there's no there's no safe word for that one, yeah.
0: <laughs> pample moose, pample moose. <laughs>
1: um,
0: so you got, you got wounded, you yep. got treated fairly well. Um, yes. Mental health didn't really have much to do with you. Somebody probably gave you a brief along the way there.
1: Yeah, well, I had to see the Padre. Yeah. In order to go back, I had to see the Padre. And I mean, with the Padre, he was just like, basically just asked me, like, what are you going to have to do if you got to shoot some people again? And I was like, I'm shoot Padre, look at that. Like, that was only a couple of months ago. I'm good to do that still. Like, I <laughs> it wasn't a bad guy. I wasn't upset because I was shooting people. I'm, I'm here because I, you know, forgot the duck part of my infantry training.
0: <laughs> yeah what uh do you recall your first shoot don't shoot decision i can recall mine clearly like do you do you remember the first time
1: my yeah um i wasn't Well, i mean i remember very clearly um i remember very clearly like the first real firefight on medusa would be like that was i remember that those um The, the, my most clear memory wouldn't be like my shoot-no-shoot no shoot decision. It would be my, my most clear memory would be the, the first dude I, I fucking dropped, which okay. was on Medusa. And I don't really tend to remember the ones I didn't. Yeah. They weren't really worth the the, the memory slot, I guess.
0: Yeah, I suppose. And So how... I'm, I'm not even going to ask you that question. I fucking hate that question.
1: No, um, no, 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 no. And that's fine. But I mean... I mean, let's 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 be clear. You know what I mean? Like if you're talking to most of the vets that have you know have gone through Afghanistan from, you know what, 2003, four, right up until the end, what was it, wherever, 20, right up until the end, 15, like wasn't it? Most, most most of those infantry dudes, especially if they were in the be- they're in the beginning, like they've they've been in some firefights, and unlike Vietnam firefights where you may have been able to, you know, you're shooting through dense jungle and you're not quite sure if you were shooting at people, at like somebody. Afghanistan, there were some pretty, you know, twenty-five meters between open grape fields. There was so. clear
0: arcs of fire.
1: You knew sometimes, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: And you get that frequently, um, <laughs> t- while well, talking to guys. But I, 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 it's usually when you're sitting around in a in a bunch having a few beers that the stories come out. Um, yeah. It's it's when some civvy schmuck comes up and says, you know, what what's the worst thing you ever fucking did or saw and it's always <laughs> I, I actually wrote a poem on it and it ends with fuck you <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, wanna, why, why do like, you want why do you want anybody to recall their fucking worst experience kind yeah. of thing. it's fucking Have irritating ever
1: killed someone question is the fucking worst question i detest that question like it's core like one like how rude yeah like how like I'm no I, you know what I mean, I, I drag my knuckles and and breathe through my mouth, so I'm not exactly the smartest cookie in the bunch, you know what I mean? but you I me shit, and I do it
0: over and over again. you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: like I'm, I sure as hell know that that's rude. That's just a rude fucking question. Well,
0: I don't think people realize what a personal question it is,
1: and then see the thing with, the thing with the thing with the question is, is, no matter how you answer that question the person's opinion of you changes. Yeah. There's no good scenario. If you say yes, they're, they're in the back of their mind, like deeply, whether they will it or not, there's a little spark of fear like, this guy killed people. He could kill me. And then the dynamic of the relationship changes. Yeah. Or if you're like, nah, man, you know, I didn't really do that type of stuff. That wasn't you know my job or whatever. Then they're like, oh, that guy really wasn't, like what do you really do? You know what I mean? Yeah. So again the dynamic changes. There's no good that comes from answering or really being asked that question. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I'd agree with you completely. Um, what, why did you join?
1: Well, I drank the Kool-Aid, bro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you weren't just some unemployed schmuck down in New Brunswick going, I got to get a no. job.
1: No, dude, no. I was, um, I was like all I wanted... To by the time I, uh, like, so my my godfather, who was I, like my uncle, he was served in the in the Second World War. My great grandfather served in the first and second, and then my grandfather served in the second. And they'd all um, they'd been decorated for some stuff. And and then I had a <clears throat> I didn't have any brothers or sisters. I'm an only child, but I had a cousin that served um, in the Vanu for a little while, um, and uh, he went to uh, Bosnia. So I was pretty like ingrained into that sort of military like you will serve a little bit at yeah. least right and uh so yeah once i uh, got my shit together was able to join because i wasn't exactly the best student and my student i mean like i just didn't go um oh I yeah mean, i got <laughs> got my ged there the old ged yeah joined the infantry and uh which was all i wanted anyway i remember having like a 30 minute interview with the uh, the naval recruiter who was like just it was to you inconceivable to him. No, well, it wasn't even just ship. He just, he was just inconceivable to him that all I really wanted to do was infantry. I, I can't remember what other trades were, even some ar- other army trades that he had offered. And I was just like, no, sir. Like I qualify for infantry, that's, that's what I want. Like, you know what I mean? He was very baffled at the time, but whatever. I got it. Yeah. I went
0: to, I, uh, I asked for infantry infantry as my first choice. And, uh, artillery and armor i think or armor and artillery whatever it was and uh my test scores came back and i'm sitting across from the recruiter and uh, says says here you want to be infantry and he was a patricia and uh (laughs) he says here you want to be infantry and uh i go yeah he said well shows on your testing here you're not very good mechanically you're not mechanically inclined oh that's true i can't really fix shit worth shit
1: I can't do that either. And somehow they took me into Yeah, the but wait for it.
0: Wait for it. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. idea. So he says, if, if your vehicle broke down in the field, you wouldn't be able to fix it, would you? And I go, no, no, I probably wouldn't. Well, that's probably infantry not the trade for you then. Little did I know at the time the fucking vehicles were rare to be seen or found anywhere, and I wasn't going to be right? one fixing it anyway.
1: <laughs> you no, know, there's a whole trade dedicated to that.
0: Yeah, exactly. But fuck what did I know. They didn't show mechanics in the war mu- movies, right?
1: No, they don't show those. Yeah, they don't. Or when they do, it's like the last dish guys that they grab from the, the you know, back of the motor pool. Yeah, yeah. Right. To, to You're throw like, in what's the that, back of
0: it's like Black Hawk, Hawk Down, where they're throwing cooks and mechanics into the truck to uh, make up for the fucking Lost Rangers they had.
1: Dude, what are you going to do, man? Yeah, Shit we need a cook down. up front. <laughs> fucking Stat. rifleman first, bro. <laughs> do you remember that saying that you guys got a heart on for in basic? Yeah, the whole, I'm a rifleman too. Well, now it's time to fucking get your heart on. Yeah. No, I don't want to go. <laughs> no, I, to their credit, though, to their credit, honestly, I, I don't think I've ever read about a situation where, where – you know, second line or third line units were, were called to the front line that didn't, you know, do their job and do it as well as they could. Oh, absolutely. You know I have mean? never heard of them fucking, they were, we'll all make fun. We can all make fun. But, you know, it's not really true, right? Well,
0: Bastion and uh, a couple other World War II uh, and probably Korea as well. Yeah. I remember hearing some stories. They yeah, called up the cooks tons, and the fucking...
1: Tons, dude. Yeah. so t- you break through the line, someone's got to hold them somewhere. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, what is, sure as fuck not the nurse's. you know what i mean no it's gonna be like it's gonna be your mechanics it's gonna be the cooks it's gonna be the fucking you know the clerks ain't no paperwork getting done you got to pull some triggers yeah (laughs) right
0: that's uh medics
1: are always i mean you're always a medic's a medic's a medic like you're you should never be a rifleman if you're being a rifleman things gone to hell you're really in trouble yeah
0: it's like in that uh in saving private ryan where they go pick up that clerk to come along with them and he's carrying his yeah. fucking typewriter. Yep. <laughs> you aren't going to need that, pal. Fucking get rid of it.
1: Fucking him, yeah.
0: Okay, uh, where were you when you joined? <laughs> um,
1: right down rabbit holes, bro, rabbit yeah.
0: holes. <laughs> I'm never going to be able to edit these things for a shit. They're going to have to go draw raw. Um, so w- when did you know you had PTSD? When did you finally... When did I know? Yeah. When did you finally clue in? And were the people around you saying, because um, the lead up? Um, the, I
1: think so. Yeah. Go ahead.
0: The lead up to this, uh, the opening uh, music for this uh, was supposed to be Warren Yvonne's "My Shit's Fucked Up," which I thought is, yeah. uh, was a, an appropriate uh, song for this kind of topic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, like, fuck. Uh, when, like, when did I know, or when do I? When did I accept it?
0: When did you know and when did you accept it? Because they are two different things.
1: I think I I, I started to know. I started to know when I started getting, um, I had just come off uh, uh, an operation with the regiment. And I came home and I started getting these stress headaches in my right eye, like migraine level headaches. Yeah. I couldn't get rid of them. Like I wasn't, I didn't feel bad. Like it's just these headaches wouldn't go away. So I ended up, uh, you know, I went to the medics. It was probably you. I talked to I think, and uh, and you were like, mm, you know, you shine the light in my eye, and you know, my people dilated. I think it was slightly slower than the other one or something. And you're like, wow, that's weird. And I went up to the doctor, and the doctor's like, oh, we're gonna send you for scans. And I was like, okay, cool. So I went to September General there, and they they, they give me the, the old so I want to say cat. The cat scanned me. Yeah. And I think they gave me an MRI too after the cat scan, and then. um. And then the doctor was like, yeah, there's, we can't see anything wrong. Like, you're still getting the headaches. and like, these, these things are excruciating. They, they don't really stop, you know. And he's like, okay, well, you know, well, there's some other stuff we could try. And he's like, yeah, come back here tomorrow. I think he said, like, the next day at, like, 11 o'clock. I was yeah. like, yeah, okay, cool. And <laughs> it was, like, a Tuesday. And everyone from the regiment knows Tuesdays at 11. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the- <laughs> Yeah, the uh, I ended up having to go speak to the the headspace and timing doctor, um, Munston at the time, and uh, right. Yeah, and he's like, "So, here uh, you've been having headaches." I'm like, "Yeah, like super hurts. I can't can't do anything." He's like, "Cool. Well, do you tell me about you know." And he just started. I can't remember the conversation yet, but we eventually worked it out and. I remember talking we ended up talking about stuff that happened in two thousand six and my <clears throat> survivors guilt issues and shit and my inability to handle stress uh because of that. Yeah. Well I had I had started creeping in. It was too much just for my brain to, to handle and I was getting headaches. So um uh that's really honestly that should have been my clue. That that, that really should have been my like my, my moment of like, okay, now what? But really, instead of that, I ended up uh, spending kind of a little more time—not as—not as long as I, I think I, I really should have been side checked uh, then, because I was still at the unit, still operating. Yeah. But uh, I, I wasn't. I'm, and I blame honestly. It has nothing to do with the, the the regiment. They didn't. They didn't make that call. That was a, the the doctor made the call with with my input. Like I was quote unquote. Yeah, no. Otherwise, I'm still doing fine. Yeah. Otherwise, right? But I, I mean, I really wasn't. I wasn't handling the stress. My job really wasn't getting done. I was in, uh, you know, that was two IC position, and and I wasn't. I wasn't pulling my weight, and I knew it.
0: Yeah. You
1: know what I mean? So that that ended up me asking my way out. Um, but I mean, before that, I mean, yeah. Uh, I really knew I had PTSD. I'd say the the like, really, like, fully accepted would be the uh, fall of I want to say 2011, maybe 2012. I can't remember.
0: So five or six years after the Argendalb incident.
1: Yeah. 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 I was, uh, I had, uh, I had uh, asked for the, the posting to say, yeah, I thought it would be better i mean but the real reason was i was going somewhere where no one would know me no one knew anything about me there'd be no one to check in on me right and i could be alone to do what i wanted do what i needed to do in my mind
0: and what did what do you think you what at that time did you think you needed to do
1: oh my i i was checking out dudes i was checking out i uh i was crushed i couldn't i couldn't operate anymore yeah um I was facing some serious disciplinary issues at the school because I had lost control. I think we spoke to you, Hmm?
0: I think I spoke to you while you were at the school there about that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, now, (laughs) I say serious discipline issues. I mean, we'll talk about what what happened. But, um, so, yeah, I was facing, uh, at that point, I guess I'd say I was facing, yeah, I had chosen court-martial. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, like in my mind, I'm like, here I am. I used to be this badge operator, you know, working with some of the best dudes in the military,
0: you know, I'm
1: getting decorated for, for my dedication to duty and service. You know what I mean? And now, now here I am in this one bedroom shitty apartment (laughs) and I can't even teach troops like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was, I was was ready to fucking. I was ready to to check out for sure. I was, yeah. That was the plan.
0: And you had the plan. I mean, it wasn't the
1: it wasn't the plan I talked about. It wasn't the plan that I would have ever verbalized at the time. Yeah. But deep inside, yeah, that was the plan.
0: Yeah. And how did you get through that?
1: How did How did I get through it?
0: Yeah, because you're obviously here.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, true story. My uh, my dog didn't let me. So. Your dog. <laughs> here I am. Yeah, my dog wouldn't let me do it. No. Fucking A. <laughs> She's still here. She's still kicking. 11 years old, Oakley, for any of my friends who listen to this will know. I I mean, I don't tell that story very much, and you know what I mean? I don't. But yeah, my dog really basically kept me from doing it, so.
0: Well, I don't know how common the dog part of the story is, but your story in a broader sense is, is often uh, told that, that suicide is something that they considered very seriously as a way of, of just ending what they thought was going to be an unending stream of shit.
1: Uh, I, I just I wasn't I wasn't so concerned with the outcome of the of the uh, things like the court martial. It was just that I was even there. Yeah. Like, how do I go from what I was,
0: or what you pictured right? yourself as?
1: or what yeah or what i i had thought of myself as what what i had envisioned myself what i had worked as a goal towards like i joined the army with every intention of being SF. yeah like that's all i really wanted right when 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 we didn't have a green sf all i wanted was was my pathfinder torch cuz that was as close as you could get i never really wanted to do the the black stuff ever yeah i was always a, like the green stuff was always my what used to give me a hard on as a kid <laughs> yeah yeah and uh yeah, so, you know what I mean? I, I had worked so hard to get there, and I had, you know, I thought I was this thing, this this other person, and then at the same time, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's, it's a false thing, and I mentally couldn't keep that pace anyway, and I burned hard, excuse me. <clears throat>
0: and I, I'm not sure if you realize yourself just how many guys uh, from that unit have, have burned and will be burning because of the tempo is incredibly high. And yeah. th- they, like you and many others, have denied that they, they've got this problem. They might they might have been told they have the problem, but they're in denial. And they just keep going out the door, keep going out the door. And the damage accumulates.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, and again, though, again, and because uh, I'm not, I'm never, I will not, I don't want to speak ill, of the, of the regiment and, and the boys, they, they, they are very frank. There's a lot of testing and dudes like it's on them because we fucking lie. We weasel out of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: We fucking, we, it's not that the, it's not that they're not looking for it. It's just that, I mean, these are a bunch of dudes who are hired cause they were smart and could think outside of the box anyway. Right. So, they're not falling into your typical traps. They know the question, like, do you drink more than two beer an occasion? Like, no, of course not. I only drink two, the first and the last. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> right? Like, they're not fucking stupid.
0: <laughs> when I, it reminds me, uh, when I was, uh, I had to see the doc reference my, uh, my issue. And, uh, she's asking the, uh, typical suicide screening things. And, uh, I interrupted her halfway through and I said, Doc, I used to ask all these questions. <laughs> you know, I know where I'm right? going with this. So we gotta find another way of getting the information you want out of me because this isn't gonna work. So yeah, yeah. The guy most of us knew how to play the game. Yeah. To our advantage.
1: And and you grow up playing the game and you're taught the game by your 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 senior NCOs from day one. Right. Day
0: one. I mean, but, but so much of that is, you know, I look back at guys who used to come in the back door all the time. No, I don't want it on paper. Don't put it in my book because it'll hurt me somewhere yeah. up the line. Fuck, it's going to hurt you more. And I told, I've told i told the troops this, you know, in my last 10 years in, say, um, it's going to hurt you not to get everything put down on paper because somewhere along the line, it's going to accumulate.
1: Something on you yeah, gonna is going to break. Yeah, my physically... Yeah, physically it's always best to get it on paper. Yeah, but because the army the army no nah, nah, and this is where you and I are going to disagree, right? No
0: because <laughs> we might.
1: The army fucking the army understands how to deal with a broken something. Right. As long as it's a mechanical thing that can be fixed. Yeah. Because if it can be fixed, it can be put back into service. Right. Right? And the other thing is not only, not, only, not only can they fix it and put it back into service so they understand and focus on that, they also, in the back end, because they've caused you pain, they've broken their toy, the VA is supposed to give you money. But they, the Army does not understand the brain. It doesn't understand that it can't be fixed. So it tries to treat you the same as someone with a broken leg. And I'm not someone with a broken leg. Once your brain melts, it's melted. That's it. That's done. There's no fix. There's no drug that f- puts him back to service. There's no therapy that's really going to make him work. He is going to crack again. You may be able to build a, a shell, a very thin shell, like they did with me. That's even how I managed to go to 3RCR. Yeah. But as soon as I deployed again, that shell fucking crumbled because here I was in charge of troops, and I couldn't handle the stress. Yeah, I, guess. I, managed, to get, I managed to get through that tour, and I crumbled again, and that was my career. But I,
0: I know for a fact... Um, guys were screened and suspected with um, a mental illness or a mental stumbling block, if you will. And uh, the brass ignored the, uh, ignored the recommendations and boys were being yeah. sent out. And, and that's, that- that's an army wrong right there. Because given time, not everybody, but given time, um, guys can recover from mental health issues. Um, and and if and if you're if you're if you're not letting the giving the guy time to heal, and you're right, maybe it'll take years. Um, and
1: Army doesn't have years.
0: No, they don't. And but certainly they should have had an extra two years for guys like you, for instance,
1: to to work oh, it, through issues. <laughs> yeah, I mean it 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 boggles the mind a little bit that way. You know what I mean? I, I think about how much it costs just to put me through selection. And then how much it costs to put me through course. Yeah. And then all my follow on training and then all the courses I did regular army side first, like I recce and, you know, basic mountain ops and I, you know what I mean? Yeah. They, they, they dumped a lot of government money into me.
0: Taxpayers you know? money.
1: And I sit here, I sit here. I don't know. 10 clicks away from a, a reserve infantry unit.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, I could be helping these guys, you know, patrolling, whatever, anything.
0: And that could have been part nope. of your healing.
1: Yeah, it could have. Might have, maybe it would help. Might even help me now. Still can't. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd love to. I, I, but they, I mean, someone's got to. Someone's got to call. Someone's got to tell me. No one tells me shit. I'm, I'm with all this, like just experience alone. I you know. And yep. I mean, I'm not the only guy. There's, there's like millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of taxpayer money and training. Yeah. That just sit and rot now,
0: and could be on a range, improving a fucking unit's shooting capability, or yep, you know, just tactical just whatever land nav, whatever
1: yeah, just give them, give them a I mean you know, half those dudes aren't even going to want to get paid for it
0: I, yeah they're, they're just happy fucking being in it again
1: let them let them walk around in jeans and a t-shirt as a civilian liaison, whatever come up with a system. it's easy, we all know it can happen yeah. You know what I mean, and just let them pass on their experience.
0: I had a troop in Afghanistan. The problem was um had experienced a suicide bomber outside the gate uh, in Kandahar on an earlier tour and uh couldn't couldn't get their head wrapped around going out again and and working like when they got into they thought they were fine before they left for theater, but once in theater, this person was um yeah was seriously seriously fucked up and yep. uh so it came up i was part of the part of the brass the, uh the middle upper management dude and uh mm-hmm. the co or the oc at the time he said well i've got to get rid of them i said that would be the, completely that goes against all the doctrine we teach we teach yep. you know keep them within the sound of the guns and keep them working and he said, nope, we're getting rid of him. And I said, I think that's the wrong thing to do. And he, he wasn't happy with me because, well, he's a fucking colonel and I should be minding my own business. Uh, yeah. I was a loudmouth schmuck. And,
1: uh, Who weren't we all? Yeah.
0: Well, it was the right thing to do, keep him in theater. And uh, he finally agreed. Uh, the uh, His, his uh, second-in-command talked to him later and said, Look, Popang's right on this. This is what we treat or teach. Yeah, it's a medical right thing to yep. do. And after two two maybe three weeks on the outside, this soldier was able to function fully inside or outside those walls, and we didn't destroy a soldier because had yep. we not given that opportunity, a perfectly good soldier would have been made useless. and we would have lost yeah. lost forces would have lost a major asset.
1: I mean, I, I, yeah, I absolutely, when I went back on tour, when I went back on that tour, um, when I was wounded, I, 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 absolutely had to get back on the horse as fast as I could. Yeah. That was exactly it. Like people were like, why are you going back? And I'm like, part of it is my guilt. You know what I mean? My, my, my friends and the people I work with there, you know, they're in, they're in firefights, they're in danger and there were still people getting hurt. Yeah. You know what I mean? So part of it was guilt, but the other part was like, man, I need to know if I could do this. Like, <laughs> but can I do this really again? Can I do it? Am I sure? Otherwise, I, I got to you know, I got a real, really change my career path in life.
0: Because you're a man and so, you're a fucking soldier, and you've got a certain image of yourself.
1: Well, or something like that, anyway.
0: Well, you need <laughs> so to, got, you need to prove it.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, I needed to prove it to myself that I could yeah. do that job again, still, and I did it.
0: <laughs> and you I did got, it fucking well. I got to say, I did it all right.
1: Yeah. I did it okay. <laughs> I, I, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I meet people that aren't from the, from the regiment, you know, our operators, or whatever, and they, they find out I was or whatever. And they, they look at me with this, awe and like, I'm like, dude, guys, I was barely hanging on. Like there were dudes, all those dudes are seriously so much better than me. Like these guys are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was barely, I was barely average,
0: but you barely. got the t-shirt.
1: But I got the t-shirt. I got, again, I, I got lucky in my career one more time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't know how I got to where I ended up. I, it was it was sheer luck and people going, well, let's promote him and see what he fucks up this time. Let's follow him around and see what he does, kind of thing. Yeah, I can't see any other reason they kept me around most times. Um, yeah. What, so, you right. sort of clued in. You had PTSD five to six years later. Yeah. What What did you do to, to, to heal? Well, you personally what did you
1: do I struggle every day um, I never healed that's my answer uh, do you and I'm not do you think you have
0: the opportunity to, uh, do you do you think you can heal
1: I don't think see this is this is something that I think um, I, I guess again this is where i i you know and I'm no expert I don't and I don't argue with the experts when there are enough experts that kind of agree in this area that I, you know, I, I say it's a working theory anyway, that there, there is no healing. There's just learning to, this is who you are now and dealing with what comes with it. Like you can, you can try to medicate it. The, some of the symptoms away, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, some of the depression or, or whatever, you can try to t- take that away, but then you're, now you're causing so many other issues. Like it's not, that doesn't really help. And like your brain chemistry has fundamentally changed. Like my amygdala is enlarged because of the amount of time that I spent under combat. My, my body is also a huge adrenaline addict because of the amount of time I spent. None of that can go back. Like that doesn't go backwards. So can it heal? I, I don't fucking think so. You just got to learn to live within the confines of it now. It's, it's like a, it's like an incurable disease.
0: Is that a mindfulness thing?
1: My, like, no, this is just.
0: <laughs> no, what I mean by that is you've, you sort of recognize, um, you recognize the issue and yep. you don't, you don't put it aside. you continue to, to, to try to move forward in a, well, yeah, I mean, accept it. Like you mentioned, acceptance earlier to me, talking yeah. to you right now, it doesn't sound like you've really accepted it.
1: But I've accepted PTSD,
0: yeah.
1: Oh man, yeah, I have t- totally accepted it. Like I said, but I-, I think it's like an incurable disease, I don't think of it like a, um, like a broken arm, yeah, right. You understand?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm following you.
1: Yeah. Most people, most people, and 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 and, and I, I find like medical people, not necessarily the head timing people. They yeah. they view PTSD like a broken arm, like that it can heal. I don't know how I refix my brain chemistry, dude, but I know that the the, the pills they give me don't work. Right. They don't even know what's what's changing my brain brain chemistry. They just know that I'm now addicted to adrenaline. And I have a an enlarged amygdala, which tells me to fight all the time.
0: And you have to fight the wanting to fight all the time.
1: Right. And fight needing a constant burst of adrenaline.
0: The reason I asked that question was uh, I've talked to a number of guys now who said how they dealt with it is talking to other guys um, who, ha- who have similar issues. Um, yeah. Or, or PTSD. And that, that helps them. To uh
1: to you know what I caveat it with yeah, what? you know what I'd caveat yeah, exactly, and that that's where i would I would go with that um when I meet other people with p t s d especially when they're they're new and there's there's a I have a firefighter that i do i teach jujitsu to, and uh he's just recently starting to come to grips with it and i I find that the biggest thing to tell him, and uh, everyone else I know was kind of had to say it, sort of it works. That you just kind of tell me, like, listen, man, we all suffer silently, but know that when you're alone, you're not alone. Because you get this overwhelming sense of loneliness all the time. Like, I, 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 is, is there any way that I'm, like, the most – can anyone else suffer like this? This is horrible. And you get really, like, really alone in your pain, right? So, and then
0: – And you're saying
1: – It helps to know that someone else is in – feels the same way you do that you're not alone in your pain so if i'm so hearing you right
0: if i'm hearing you right you're experiencing you, when you're experiencing the pain reach out to somebody else who you know who also has that that pain and that yeah. helps get you through it
1: well they understand right like yeah. you like you can talk to your shrink all you like but your shrink wasn't there right you What's, know we all know that
0: right which was one of the maddening things about end of tour when you come out of the out of theater and there'd be that group of padres and sociologists and psychologists uh, and tell us so your odd. fucking problems. My problem is you're not letting me get to the fucking beer I want right now. You know, yeah. You have no idea of what just happened. Why am I going to talk to you about it?
1: Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, uh, you, see that, you see that guy behind you holding the large bottle of Jack Daniels? Him and I are going to have a conversation. You? Get the fuck out of the way.
0: And I don't want to tea. Yeah yeah <laughs> well one, one of the other things uh some of the boys mentioned to me is and something you're doing and maybe aren't recognizing the the helpfulness of it you're doing the, the taekwondo and the the combat combat um
1: so brazilian jiu-jitsu
0: <laughs> yeah brazilian jiu-jitsu <laughs> I, I <cloned> <laughs> <laughs> sorry I, I, I was thinking uh i was trying to think combat uh combat
1: sports combatives yeah i i still have my hand in the uh Uh, In the army, in that I, uh, I'm lucky enough to uh, to be allowed to referee um, the uh, combatives championships that they have in Petawawa every year. Yeah,
0: well, some of those guys that have told me that they said keeping fit has been a great, great way of dealing with the stress of it all.
1: Uh, Yeah, honestly, fitness huge. Um, I I know there's a lot of there's a lot of vets um, that get out of the army, and like even long before they got out, they they gave up on the uh, they gave up on doing the, uh, oh, oh yeah. That makes sense. Oh, sorry. I just realized I have some lights off, but I need to, <laughs> light bulbs. I need to change. I was like, what the fuck? Anyway, the butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Long before they leave the army, they kind of gave up on their, themselves and their body. And that, I mean, how do I, how do I blame them? It's hard. Yeah. shit's hard. You do that for years and years and stay fit. It's fucking hard. But anyway, staying fit. Yeah. It, it helps for sure. Uh, self image wise. I think is probably one of the keys. How do you mean that way? Oh, I mean, most, uh, most guys I know, or I would say I know like somewhere inside they're they're prideful of how they look or how they used to look.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think being able to maintain that image, even if it's, wow, ah, you know what? That's not bad for 45 or that's not bad for, for 50 right. or 60 or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you're still going to the gym. You're still, that, like it helps the you know the mind that way, yeah. No. because I mean every one of us that has worked at the the very edge of it all, you know, we all have that God complex in our head. And as we age and we're ill, you know, that makes a bit of a shit storm as you become less physically capable to begin with. And then you're already shitting on yourself because you already think you're a piece of shit for whatever reason, right? Yeah, oh, I I hear you. Right, and then you add being you know, on top of that, even even if you couldn't physically because of your age, now you you, you couldn't because of how unfit you are to begin with, right? That's right. really shattering to to some guys' egos.
0: <laughs> and and guys in the military, um, I, I I wouldn't go as far to say is we have more ego then yes i would actually i'd say uh, at least in the combat arms and the close support um are yeah. the, the the egos are quite quite large and
1: yeah man it's
0: it's you have to think like, you're the best to be the best
1: 100 percent. not just that but i mean it's the the especially in the infantry i mean when you're talking like the infantry when you're talking combat arms it's one of the few things that really doesn't encourage you or want you really to mature. Because a mature person doesn't charge a machine gun nest. Do you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Like, I was just trying to decide if I wanted to argue with you on that part. <laughs> <laughs> I mean they
1: can. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. And there's maturity like you can be a mature infantier. But I've never met like most infanters I know, they still no matter how old or mature they are, they, they're still immature people in some way, shape, or form. Like, it, and it's not a, it's not a negative. Do you no. know what I mean? No. <laughs> That's not a negative. I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody else. I still laugh at fart jokes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and but you see what I'm saying? There has to be that level of like, and then you build in that sense of invincibility, Yeah. right? Yeah. Like, do we ever practice Losing a section attack. Fuck no. Fuck no. Right? So you, you automatically think you're going to win anyway. We so beat the
0: Fantasians no every fucking time.
1: Every fucking time. Yeah. Every time. They sold. No problems. Cut through their lines like butter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got to say, um, as far as I'm concerned, um, a medic with a rifle company or a platoon is, was the best fucking job I ever had. And I was fortunate enough over my career to spend the majority of time with, with the infantry. And uh, it, it, it was a fucking blast, especially if you did your job well and, uh, you know, you, you weren't a complete fucking idiot. The boys accepted you, and you got to go and yeah. blow shit up.
1: Yep.
0: It was outstanding. But well, a good
1: doc? I mean, there was a good doc. There's good docs, right? There's the docs that knew... When, you know, the dude, even if he was sick, is like, no, I'm fine, doc. Like, I can get this done. You know what I mean? And the doc's like, all right. You know what I mean? And then there's the shitty docs that are.
0: No, you got to get get off the line.
1: (laughs) You're either incompetent, right? I mean, that's the worst. Yeah. Right. Well, sin number one is not being able to carry your own kit. And
0: keep up with the troops.
1: Yeah. If you can't carry your own shit, like, you're in trouble to begin with.
0: Oh yeah. And that's
1: that's not a that's not a sex thing. That's across the fucking board. Yep, absolutely. Like if I don't care if you're a woman, I don't care if you're a man, like carry your fucking kit. You show that you can carry your kit and then the boys are gonna start to offer to lighten your load. Otherwise, you're going to fucking suffer. If you make other people carry your kit, you're going to suffer.
0: If you let other people carry your kit, you're going to fucking suffer. I, I'll
1: be fucked
0: if I'm going to turn over any of my kit to somebody else to carry.
1: That's true. But at least we're not going to give you an extra belt of C6 because we need you to carry it. No, but you'll give me an
0: extra flak jacket to fucking jump out of an airplane with because fucking the, the JM fucking can't have it on him at the moment or something fuckers well yeah but that's
1: because you you're gonna have time to get rid of it i gotta <laughs> do perimeter security
0: i want to get rid of my fucking ivs that i pack around all fucking exercise <laughs> 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 anyways we're fucking rabbit hole in it again um what what, uh, what i got here so for self-care you basically kept yourself fit um i've come to the realization yeah, I, you've got got a condition
1: what do you, I uh, yeah.
0: I guess you'd call it a condition, would you?
1: Yeah, well, I got the condition. <laughs> I mean, I'd be—I'm like—I'm like Animal Mother, and I'm not the only one. I'd be fine if someone threw hand grenades at me for the rest of my life. Yeah.
0: Very <laughs> yeah. often. You know what I mean? Just yeah.
1: one one firefight a day—that's all I ask. It's not too much.
0: Well, you know, three in a week or something.
1: Well, I, yeah. I mean, I one a week. I mean, at this point. I'm I'm worse than a crack addict. Yeah, I'll take one a week.
0: <laughs> there's something about something about being fucking really scared and working through it.
1: That there is there is no drug, and, and I, I think this is one of the reasons, one of the huge reasons that I think the boys get all like the military and cocaine go so hand in hand, especially after being on operations, because there's no drug in the world that is as good as the high you get after a firefight.
0: Surviving the firefight. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, if you don't yeah. survive it, I guess you don't get that high.
1: You don't get the high. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We, t- we, talked, a
0: while. we talked about survivor guilt, um, so we don't have to yeah. cover that again. Yeah, no, I
1: have that. Yeah, yeah um, that's the thing. That, I ca- that, that makes for some complex post-traumatic, well, severe post-traumatic stress. Yeah. Is
0: that something you've sort of come to accept?
1: Oh God, no! No, <laughs> no if I if I would say my, my biggest my biggest stumbling block in any sort of healing is uh, is my survivor's guilt. Yeah. yeah, I just I just can't get I can't I can't get over it or my culpability in it, regardless of how it is alternately laid out before me.
0: You and I understand survivor's guilt, but how would you describe it to, uh, to somebody who has no fucking idea?
1: Uh, well, I mean, one of the, uh, I mean, yeah, well, wake up every day wishing you, I'll put it to you this way. The, the, the best feeling I get in the run of the day is that quick millisecond before I fall asleep hoping I won't open my eyes again yeah and the most depressing is when my eyes open that morning and I know that I have to do this all over again when all I want is to have died years and years and years ago
0: and like, beg for it
1: is that lessening Maybe, or get it
0: is that lessening over time or is it
1: staying oh god I staying I, same. I personally don't find it so like I said I sound like this huge case but I'm not really like Things are relatively all right. Like you, know? you carry and on
0: I, a normal I, life, is what you say it.
1: Yeah, I, uh, within reason. I, um, I live, uh, you know, I teach Brazilian jiu-jitsu at, uh, at a local jiu-jitsu school. I, uh, you know, I take my kids to and from school, but I don't do much outside of my own house, but that's my own choosing.
0: Well, how but old are your kids?
1: Uh, Seventeen, and uh, well, I have two that live with me. There, one's uh, seventeen, and one's fourteen, and then my my biological daughter, she's fifteen, but she lives with her mother.
0: Yeah, won't get into that. I didn't realize your kid yeah. was that old already.
1: <laughs> well, I got old kids now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm in my forties. I mean, I had my early twenties for sure. Kids grow up fast.
0: Yeah, mine mine's working in Edmonton right now. Right. Fuck. I'm getting old, See? man.
1: Yeah, we're all getting old. Adrenaline might kill people. me. You're like, Derek's kids, ah, they got to be what, like 10, 12? <laughs> <You're> like 17? <laughs> no,
0: Derek's like 10, 12. His kids are older.
1: Yeah, right? <laughs> what,
0: uh, w- what could others do, um, friends or family that, of, a, of somebody who's suffering through PTSD or I don't want to say suffering through it, trying to come to grips with it, I guess? Living with it. Living, living with, with it. it, yeah, yeah, living with it. Um, That's kind of how
1: you get, right? You just kind of sort of live with it. It's kind of there.
0: Yeah, it's and kind of like herpes. Hang out.
1: Yeah, sometimes you sit down, have a drink with it. Sometimes it's cool. Sometimes yeah. it's
0: a big dick. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get into the big dick conversation. I I just had a I just had a interview with a couple of girls and we were talking about sex and I asked the question does size matter. And uh, sides definitely mattered to the one girl. The other girl wasn't so uh, fussy.
1: <laughs> That's because she's only been with people with small dicks. Actually, <laughs> uh, she, she
0: she told a story about a uh, an, an officer she dated who had a had a micro penis, and she said <laughs> she she couldn't work could not work around that. So, I
1: fucking love it. An officer <laughs> with a micro penis—that's the best. I,
0: I'm gonna yep. next time I see her, and I'll probably see her shortly. I'm gonna get a little more detail on that one.
1: Fuck um, yeah. Names, dates, rank.
0: What yeah. do you mean
1: now? Was he so, w- was he a royal? Oh worse, can we blackmail him? Yeah,
0: for sure. Put <laughs> some pictures on the go. Not we blackmail him. Not on the air anyway.
1: All right. Um uh, it's like yeah, so you asked me a question I didn't even answer. <laughs> yeah. How do I how do you, how do they deal with it? I don't you know, you gotta find you gotta find some things that you I mean. You gotta find some things that are I would say relatively unchanging that you can focus on. Like you could try and focus on your family, but like that dynamic is constantly gonna change and and without realizing it you are approaching the problem from a much different angle than say the regular you would anyway. So it can lead to a lot
0: (laughs) I'm asking my question is, what can your family or friends do?
1: Oh, Let's what they do. Yeah. yeah. Um tolerance, man. I guess that would be the answer. Like I understand when dude has a tone, sometimes he doesn't even know he's talking in a tone. He doesn't mean it. Like it may come out like he sounds like an angry dick. Yeah. But he honestly doesn't realize that he's talking that way and he doesn't mean it that way. It's literally just how it come, came out. If just a little bit of tolerance for that would save so many arguments. <laughs> And I don't think I'm
0: the only one who would say that. No, I, you aren't. Um, I guess, and I, I sort of already know the answer to this, but how, how when you were released from the military, how how was that final release from the military? How did that go? You know how they always go, we're a big family. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, well, oh, fuck. Yeah, I definitely wasn't treated like family. No. You were the redheaded oh, no. stepchild? Yeah, yeah. So um uh like start with the battalion yeah. itself. Well, I I mean I I left I left free RCR, so like I was posted to the JPSU. Right. So I wasn't released from the army yet. So they had no hand in my release. So this isn't necessarily their fault per se. Anyway. However, I mean I'm supposed to be presented uh like a Coin, uh coin and a scroll and everything on uh, on like parade by the senior royal in attendance if there is one You know what I mean? Right. And there was definitely royals. There was a senior royal at, uh, at CBH, but yeah, I got mine in a brown envelope at home and Then I got uh, what else did I get? I got my actual retirement stuff from 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 uh, Trudeau I mean I didn't want it anyway, but my scroll from Trudeau I got that in the mail. I got it all in the mail I didn't even have a DWD Nothing Nothing. Fuck. Turned in my kit. All that shit came in the mail.
0: So, the only the only goodbye you got would have been from your buddy still with uh, with the Royals.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, most of them. I mean, there there are people who still probably wouldn't even know I was retired. I mean, I I, I never made a really big deal about it per se. I mean, I don't hide it, you know what I mean? But it's not like I made a big announcement about my retirement. I never put a post up on Facebook talking about how old oh, no, my first should be. You know, I just quietly bowed out. An old soldier never dies. He just fades away. <laughs> I just faded away. Yeah.
0: That sucks. Cause a lot of guys that are at JPSU, they just get shuffled out. There's no, yep. and, and I, Again, I think I mentioned it earlier to you, or maybe with somebody else. I, I told the guys you got to look after yourself. I said the paperwork, but you got to look after yourself because that bullshit about you being part of the, the family—it's yeah. all fine when you're there as part of the company or whatever. But once you're you're injured or fucking shuffled off somewhere uh, else, your family is fucked off on you. So the only yeah, people you can count on is your family.
1: You, yeah, the. Uh I mean, I remember, you know, they, they talk about, I mean, every, every regiment, but, you know, everyone talks a big game about family this, family that. But I'll tell you, your first taste of that, if you're in, if you're in the regiment or you're, or you're at the hill somewhere, is of understanding it is, be, when you're in, you're in. When you're in, like, you hang out, everyone's high-fives, and yeah. this is cool, blah, blah, blah. But when you're out, you're fucking out. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't see shit from anyone ever. That's your first, like, what's going on? And then, like when you leave the army, it's even bigger, because now there's there's nobody fucking like your buddies that used to be in. That's pretty much who you'll hang out with now is your buddies who used to be retired who yeah. used to be in with you. Yeah. Otherwise, you're you're not you're not gonna your buddies who are still in they're gonna fade out, they just fucking disappear. You're not gonna hear shit. Yes. Yeah. But, but the buddies who have retired, you'll you'll reconnect with them.
0: Yeah, and I have in a number of ways.
1: Yeah. Well, like
0: for me, when I started this, somebody, somebody suggests, cause I write Facebook stories. I'll fucking write some poem or whatever the fuck. Uh-huh. And uh, some guys get laughs out of it. And somebody said, you should do a pod.
1: And I thought, yeah, fuck. I don't
0: know the first thing about doing a pod. I could tell a few stories, but I don't want yeah. to just tell my own stories. So I, I put out the, uh, I told my wife, I said, fuck, I'll start a uh, GoFundMe thing. Because this shit isn't inexpensive. <laughs> I said, yep. fuck, maybe I get 10 bucks. She goes, yeah, right. And I had the full amount within two days. Like, Fucking people just threw their money in panties at me. Why not? I was, was fucking
1: 20 bucks here in there.
0: I was fucking amazed.
1: <laughs> yeah. But now you got to deliver, Steve.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying, <laughs> but fucking tech is killing me, people. It's killing me.
1: Oh, I hear you. Uh, yeah. Fuck. I can I hear you.
0: You got something bleeding inside of you. You got something broke. You're shitting some weird stuff out of you. I can sort that out. I'll figure it right? out. But fucking right? cables and fucking wires, it's fucked. I don't know. how I haven't. I don't have not electric. You myself doing this shit yet?
1: Dude, I'm, I'm the same way. I remember. I remember being on my six A or three alpha, whatever the fuck they call it now, and uh, I, I got a lesson that no one had. Down a lesson plan for yet and the instructor was like yeah just make a powerpoint and i looked at him I'm like hey hey fuck face i'm like see this computer see that e i'm like i know how to use that you see that little envelope i know how to use that i'm like everything else after that i don't have a fucking clue he's like you, you don't know how to make a powerpoint i'm like not one shit in hell I'm like even when i was in the unit there was always someone like a dude there who did powerpoint well so he just did the PowerPoint, whether it was the sergeant or just, like, one of the dudes. Like, someone knew how to do PowerPoint, so he did all the color slides, you know? Like, yeah. no big deal. Easy peasy. I had no fucking clue. I had to count to 28 and change magazines. That was hard enough.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, we've got, I think we got most of the points covered and a few we didn't <laughs> plan on covering. Uh, so would you recommend to anybody to join the military?
1: loaded question man. fuck yeah uh uh wow so would i that depends and the answer is is contingent on if the government is upholding its end of the sacred oath or not.
0: they're not man
1: and if the answer is they're not then why would you be willing to pledge your life to them they're supposed to Here's, here's the deal, as I understood it. it I mean, as the, was explained to me essentially by my grandfathers and, and, and you know when I was growing up, the army takes you in, and if you die, you die. But if they break you, then they have to take care of you for the rest of your life, because you were willing to die for them. Apparently, now they don't, they don't live for they, they, don't, uh, they don't live by that ideal. They were just another insurance scam or another something to take money from
0: you know man
1: i mean mean, that's it's a much longer conversation because i mean that that stems to the canadian people right because they don't want us they don't want an army they're ashamed of us they want to trot us out one day a year so they can feel appropriately sad and proud at the same time and then fucking ignore us for 354 other days a year that's (laughs) yeah i'm i'm more
0: i'm more pissed with the public than i am with uh with the military
1: you can be you can be pissed at the, You can be pissed at the government, but the government is only going to pay attention to and fix the problems that the, the population people speaks up, bring a bring bring to light. There's tons of articles, and this is where I say the Canadian people don't fucking care. They don't want us, and they don't care because there's tons of articles constantly in the paper, on the news, talking about how we're getting fucked, how we don't get our money, how they downplay us, how they just they give each other uh, raises for sending money back at yeah. the end of fiscal years. So it's rife. It's all over the place. And if the people cared, the problem would be fixed. But no one fucking cares. They're just like, oh, veterans are getting screwed again. Well, whatever.
0: Big deal. Cut their fucking budget. The yeah. uh I've had why, an, I've why had you con-
1: have war veterans, bro. I didn't want them to go to Afghanistan to begin with. Fuck those guys.
0: Well that's the exact fucking conversation I was gonna mention. <laughs> now we're right. both pissed off. <laughs> Fuck we're gonna make a good <laughs> team here. The fucking I had a conversation with a couple of wing nuts, civvies, uh, and I apologize to any civvies if it sounds derogatory. I I don't mean it as a derogatory term. Um, I do. Fuck them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. As long as they know where to fucking place the car bomb. The fucking, uh, the uh, guy's sitting there and they said, well, I fucking uh, don't give a fuck. I didn't send you guys to Afghanistan. I said, did you write a letter? Did you pick up a phone to your fucking member of parliament or your member of provincial parliament? Did you fucking send an angry letter or an angry phone call out to anybody in government? And of course, of course I didn't. No fuck, why would I do that? Well, then you fucking sent us. If you did nothing to participate in stopping the troops from going over, then you fucking sent us because you're part of the fucking government and it's time you realize, it's time Canadians realize that. What?
1: you no, fucking... What, yeah, we, what yeah. we need
0: to do is let me get a little militant here for a moment.
1: What, Be militant because I'm ready. I'm going to rant here in a second. <laughs>
0: what Canadians need to do is stop fucking sending out little YouTube fucking memes about Trudeau being an idiot or whatever government member being an idiot. And fucking march on the hill. Fucking make those phone calls. Because these fuckers want to keep their jobs. And they're only going to keep their jobs if they do what we want them to do. And it's time to fucking step up and protest. Like, get angry. Don't be fuck. And, and I think people are getting angrier. But they're not They're not directing that anger properly. Like, how the fuck do we keep getting Cheryl... Fucking what's-her-name voted in here?
1: <laughs> Cheryl Glant. Well, oh. I, on the bright side, Cheryl Gallant... Currently seems to be the anything but a liberal, oh, which is kind of is held true. So thank fuck for that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not that she's not that she should be a politician anymore. Lord God, no! The woman should have retired. It's not like she's not going to get one hell of a pension.
0: She's never held American a fucking, fucking position. Like she sat. Who cares?
1: Night- <laughs> she's, she's, she's going to get she's going to get 200 like i, I think they receive receive 100% pension you know like 236,000 or uh, after six fucking consecutive years, years or something forever oh, forever till she dies like oh, fuck just get out of the way but i mean at least let another conservative candidate run right yeah but, yeah, but i mean like,
0: but but they they won't vote for another person cuz yeah. she's fucking got it in with the the church groups here the anti abortion oh, yeah. types and all that other fucking oh. stuff
1: Fucked on, yeah. Don't get me started on the fucking pro life. You only give a shit so long as it's in a womb. As soon as it fucking pops out, you don't care one little bit about. Yeah, it. Yeah,
0: are you fucking? You're not pro life. Pro
1: embryo. Shut yeah. the fuck
0: up. Oh, and you're probably pro death penalty for fucking uh, cop killers or something too. So you're only pro life when it fucking matches with your but little a, narrow viewpoint.
1: I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an even type of guy. I'll let you kill anybody. I'm pro death penalty and pro abortion I'm pro late 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 term abortion like when you're 18
0: okay you need to be fucking aborted
1: right we done fucked up into the blender you go what
0: fuck make it a pig slurry
1: yeah no I mean politics yeah so driving me fucking nuts to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Canadian, I mean, here's the thing. This is like everyone complains of the Trudeau this, Trudeau that, but you got to understand, guys, this is the Canada that Canadians want. Yeah. So there is, like, if, if you think that Aaron O'Toole is going to win the next election, I, dude, you, we were lucky to get a minority this time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we
1: the, the, the conservatives the conservatives don't look any better right now. What did they what do they go and put in place of their leader? Another old white guy.
0: Yeah, it's it's
1: another it's old time white to, guy.
0: You can have all of the anti abortion types in your fucking cabinet. You can have yep. the keep the immigrants out fucking nut bar in your cabinet. But you need somebody up front who can speak reasonably eloquently. And they don't have fucking any of that.
1: You know what? You know what? Here's the thing. This is how I knew Justin Trudeau was going to win the first time. The liberals figured it out. You don't need to be a politician. You need to be young and advocate for the blanket minority groups. Constant, right? So you got to be pro-LGBT because this is what millennials care about. Governments only exist, right, at the at the request of the people, right, to represent the people. Most of our society now in areas that count in voting are millennials. Trudeau and his liberal government represent exactly what those millennials want. Yep. Neo socialist capital, neo socialist democracy.
0: Neo pot.
1: Ish. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure what the term for what their aim is here, but it's a neo socialist, I want to say democracy because of a vote, but I don't, I mean, fuck, I don't know if they even care if there was a vote so long as the social part was taken care of all the time. Yeah. I'm all, I'm all
0: for, uh, you know, looking after, you know, that social safety net and all that. But what got me was my voice is going here. What got me was Trudeau promised to get rid of that first past the post so that we would actually have representation across the country um sort of like um US yeah. has those um uh, uh fuck i forget there the seats Co-
1: uh, electoral college electoral college you know yeah.
0: which is a which is a safety check over having the largest states you know uh throw rule overrule, overrule yeah. everybody else and we need something like that um because right Look, now... If you
1: want to win... Yeah, that's it. You can lose everywhere in Canada except for southern Ontario and southern Quebec and yeah. you will be the ruling party.
0: And that's fucking bullshit. That's not right. That's not democracy.
1: No. Well, I mean, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure there's enough angry fucking vets out there and I guess that's two of us at least. We can start our fucking home party and overthrow this fucking nut house. Oh, gosh. Anyway, on that, on that note, I'll leave the last word to you. What do you got to say?
1: What? I don't know, man. What do you want me to talk about? What do, you, what do I get to say? That's a it's an open-ended question, right? I don't Heck know. Yeah. Nothing much. I mean, uh, yeah, I got nothing, bro. You got to give me a topic to talk about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna play you out to the music. Stick around while the music's going. And sure. uh, thanks for uh, thanks for coming out, like and saying what's on your mind. Um, Thank you. Uh, thanks well, for having
1: me I was surprised when you reached I was like alright cool I'll do this I don't think I got anything
0: much to say <laughs> you, you staff always had plenty to say that's why I wanted to get you on, <laughs> on the pod I don't know when this is going to come out um, once I figure out the bugs and shit I got a few more people to interview so thanks yep. a lot folks and uh, one or two guys that might be listening to this <laughs> we'll uh, we'll talk to you later thanks for coming out thanks a lot again Derek
1: yeah, no problem, though. Yeah. Feel
0: free to sing along.
1: <laughs> I don't even know if I can hear it. <laughs> How about now? Oh, baby, I now? I can sort of, yeah. <laughs> I wonder why your phone isn't picking it up. I thought it was probably on
0: end, How's that? Anyways, we're fucking out of here now. Have a good one.